That's right, Virginia. Baseball is real. It's opening day. Well, it was the other day. The Chicago Cubs are the reigning world champs, and the year is 2017, not 1909. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Robot Dinner Party. I'm your host, Ben, and I'd like to give a special shout-out, you see. That intro song that you just heard for the Robot Dinner Party introduction wasn't made by me. It was made by none other than Dave Weimariner. Just kidding. Dave Weimer, host of the Cult of Dave podcast. The Comrade Dave is quite the talented fellow. I recommend all available ladies to be seeking his number immediately. Though I must warn you, he might be turning sexy times into remixed podcast material. Indeed. Anyway... If you haven't heard, Easter's coming up this upcoming Sunday, and I just got out of Target doing some shopping for Easter basket materials. Let's just keep that between us. Nobody needs to know that the Easter Bunny didn't buy this. Anyway, I got some M&Ms, I got some Reese's Pieces, Jelly Beans, and Peeps. Oh man, Peeps. I don't like them. My wife loves them. They're super cute. Uh, I'm not so fond of the taste, but... Man, those peat pillows that you can find, those are pretty awesome. I wouldn't own one, but if I was a girl, maybe I would. So, yeah. Not sure what else the Easter Bunny's gonna bring my daughter for Easter, but uh, hopefully it's actually nice and sunny this Sunday. You dig? Another thing I saw when I was in Target is uh, the Rogue One Blu-ray that's just recently released. I already own it on instant video. I almost went and got the Blu-ray anyway, uh, just to have an extra copy of it. Also because watching it streaming over the Wi-Fi, having some buffering problems, and that's never good when you're trying to get that clear HD picture. But anyway, I loved Rogue One when it came out in December. I still love it. Although when re-watching it, I can also look at it with a little bit more of a, a critical eye and kind of see the perspective of some of the small number of people who don't like it and agree that it isn't a movie where they give a whole lot of 
backstory and fill in the development of how these characters came to be where they're at and uh you know what their motivations are but you know i don't particularly care myself it is such an awesome visual aesthetic it's uh a lot of action it just feels right at home in the star wars universe and while i'm on the topic of star wars last time i mentioned for episode eight oh no not for episode eight that solo han solo movie we're going to be finding out how he came to get his name han solo and i wasn't happy about the fact that he has a real name besides han solo well some other news about episode eight that just came out is that Kylo Ren's cape is going to change and it's either going to be very similar to Darth Vader's or it's going to be Darth Vader's cape itself and so some people are wondering well how would he magically be able to go to that funeral pyre where Darth Vader was burning at the end of Return of the Jedi and steal that cape from him well I have the answer he didn't steal it from the funeral pyre he went to Joanne Fabrics and got the pattern and sewed it himself. Although he himself admits, Ray's sewing powers are already growing stronger than his. In another movie news on someone who's definitely got more powers than Kylo Ren, Batgirl is getting her own movie and is being directed by Joss Whedon. That's huge. The DC Universe has the director of The Avengers directing a dc movie i mean this this feels like it's in the bag going to be a great movie already but they've got one rumored girl has been cast as barbara gordon slash batgirl although it, it is just a rumor it's hard to believe that after a month they would actually have her cast uh the actress is lindsey morgan uh apparently she was on the cw's the 100 as raven reyes Personally, I have three names in mind that I'd like to see. Um, two of them almost look alike. That's Jane Levy, who was on Suburgatory, and who she kind of looks like is Emma Stone. Uh, but my my dream casting for Barbara Gordon would actually be Isla Fisher. She plays the hot, super crazy uh, redhead on Wedding Crashers. And I just think she'd make an awesome Batgirl. Of course, that could be just a little bit of a projected fantasy on my part, but hey, who has that ever heard? Now, let me go back in time just a little bit. Before I went to Target today, I went and saw Ghosts in the Shell starring Scarlett Johansson. It's a very interesting movie. It's very interesting at the end. Uh, it's also a flawed movie in some ways. Uh, the first at least half of the movie is completely devoid of any character development or backstory but as it progresses towards the end it, it gets very compelling and dramatic and i ended up really enjoying it uh so not just because of the superb visual aesthetic feel to the movie which is awesome but uh i'm really hoping that they come out with some future installments of these movies it certainly seemed like they were setting it up uh for future installments at the end and, you know i i haven't seen uh, the original anime, if there's a graphic novel, I haven't read that, so I have no idea how it compares to the original source material. But, though this is a flawed movie, I think Ghost in the Shell is absolutely worth seeing. It's definitely different from a lot of the stuff that's out there in the theater. 
very sci-fi, incredible visual aesthetic. Some of that visual aesthetic uh, reminds me of Blade Runner in a way, a little bit mixed with The Fifth Element. It's definitely its own thing, but again, I'd highly recommend this movie, even despite uh, the lack of character development and despite the whole deal with casting white people where there should be uh, Asian actors and actresses cast, but if you have any interest at all in seeing the movie, it's definitely something you should go do. Immediately. Now, if I could get my attention away from movies for just a little bit, turn it to uh, sports. Obviously, I already mentioned opening day. Last night was the national championship game for men's basketball. Uh, North Carolina Tar Heels beat the Gonzaga Zags, I guess they are. Uh, Normally, I don't cheer for those Tar Heels, but on the other hand, those Tar Heels got me uh, third place in my bracket pool. And I obviously would have preferred to win, and it's not quite as high as the second that I've gotten a couple other times, but I'm still very pleased with uh, placing in the top three. Um, Hopefully I can do that again next year or better. And for those that follow the NFL, of course, the big news over the past week was that the Raiders had their move to Las Vegas approved. Man, that was a whole deal uh, that looked like it wasn't going to go through initially, where they had secured the financing for the multi-billion dollar stadium financing fell through and then I guess they they got some new financing again and they're gonna have to figure out how to keep uh, players from uh, partying too hard on the Vegas Strip or when Vegas eventually gets a Super Bowl because they're gonna be building a new stadium they're gonna have to you know put some extra security in place to make sure that no players are uh, betting against themselves and uh, doing a little bit of a Black Sox uh, match fixing. But overall, I'm pretty ambivalent about the move. I mean, we'll we'll see how it feels once the uh, uh, Raiders actually move to Vegas and start playing games there. I've always thought of the Raiders, whether they're in Oakland or Los Angeles, as a California team. It's really weird to think of Las Vegas as having their own NFL team, but whatever. They're still going to be silver and black. I'm still going to be a Lions fan, and I'm still going to be hating my team. So, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, another thing that's had my attention over the last week is a podcast. That podcast is called S-Town. It's made by uh, the producers of This American Life and Serial. And they released all seven episodes at once, so you can binge it. In the same way that we like to binge Netflix series. And I'm going to try not to spoil too much about the podcast. It's it's incredibly engrossing. And I really did binge it over just two days while I was at work. Uh, it starts off with this guy down in uh, Podunk, little town, Alabama. He sends some emails and calls uh, the producers of Serial and says that There's some guy in his podunk little town who murdered somebody at a bar late at night, and he's been going around bragging about it, and the police are letting him get away with it. So they spend the first three episodes kind of uh, getting to know this guy, investigating these claims. Did this guy, you know, really murder someone? And I'll, I'll leave you to listen to it to find out whether that is indeed the case. But the murder story ends up not being the main story of this podcast it's it's this guy who originally contacted them 
And he's this incredibly, incredibly intelligent guy who's lived with his mom his whole life. They think he came from a ton of money, and there's even a possibility that he might have buried some as treasure somewhere. But he lives his life in a way that as if he, he has no money whatsoever, ex- with the exception that he built this $60,000 at least hedge maze on his property and he he lives on a property where there's like more than a hundred acres and there's you know wooded areas and uh it also so happens that he's an expert clock repair guy he can take uh really really antique clocks and figure out uh, what they need to go inside them with pieces that aren't even there for him to take a look at again this is a really incredibly intelligent guy He's incredibly eccentric, and both he and the the town ends up being um, what they term a Southern Gothic. Both he and the town become characters in this this story, and again, it is just completely engrossing. If you need something to listen to during your work day to kill some time, this is the podcast to go to right now. A lot of people listening to it, again, that's called S-Town, stands for shit town. But uh, that's S-Town. But please only listen to it after listening to The Robot Dinner Party. Now, since I do call my podcast The Robot Dinner Party, you might be wondering, who are some of my favorite robots? Well, obviously, some of my top robots are going to have to be the Star Wars droids. R2-D2, K2-SO is a funny motherfucker. C-3PO? Yeah, I guess. I mean... The Star Wars universe wouldn't be the same without him, even if he is super annoying. And of course, from The Force Awakens, the cutest robot of all, BB-8. But of course, besides Star Wars, there are other robots uh, that I love. From Doctor Who, the Daleks. Man, those guys are annoying. On the other end of the spectrum, Bender from Futurama. That dude's pretty funny, yeah? Uh, Fembots from the Austin Powers movies. Those are some pretty good-looking robots. Can't forget about the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, From the 80s, from the movie Short Circuit, Johnny Five. Number five is alive. And, of course, I love the Westworld hosts, especially Bernard and Dolores. Um, And new one from today, Matoko from Ghosts in the Shell. Uh, She and Alicia Vikander in Ex Machina. They're right at the top of my list. And uh, speaking of Westworld, I I hear there's a show that's sort of like Westworld, but also very different in some ways. Similar in that it involves androids, humanoid robots. Um, And and there are some of them that uh, become sentient robots. And they they learn to, you know, feel and think for themselves like a real human would. That's a show, I think it's on AMC. That's one that I've got to go watch and check out what that's all about. Um, Am I a robot? I don't think so. But sometimes when there's something that I really don't want to do, I'll pretend that I'm a robot and I'm programmed so that I have to go do it just so that I'll actually get it done. (laughs) Maybe that's how the honey-do list gets done sometimes. Or maybe just stupid crap that I left for myself to do another time. I don't know. Now, if I were a robot, that would be a little bit of a paranormal thing, yeah? I mean, you don't know any other humanoid ro- robots going around. 
And I was listening to a, a podcast the other day about paranormal events that happen, and it got me to thinking, have paranormal events happened to me? And yeah, of course there are some. Um, and of course when I talk about paranormal, I mean both in terms of ghosts or aliens or UFOs or religious experience or whatever. Do I believe in ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. However, when I was a kid, I sort of tried to conjure a ghost. I don't remember where I read it. You know, I like to read those uh, scary stories books that they sold through Scholastic and whatnot. And it wasn't in there, but somewhere else I had read that similar to doing the whole saying Bloody Mary Mary in the Mirror thing. Uh, If you say the name of a ghost a certain number of times, they'll appear to you. So I must have been like seven or eight years old and I ran into the bathroom with my brother. We turned out the lights and we said the name Abraham Lincoln a number of times. And uh, after we said it a number of times due to the uh, you know, weirdness of our eyes trying to adjust to the light and our expectations and the weird tricks that your brain can uh, pull on you. We were convinced that we started to see, uh, you know, the form of Abraham Lincoln start to appear. And if, you know, like I said, of course, this is, you know, not something that actually happened. It's a, a trick that our brain was planning on ourselves. But for a brief moment, we thought it was real. And when you're a kid, there are other things that happen that you don't completely know how to explain either. Like, when you're outside playing in the yard, and you hear your name being called, but there's, not only is your mom not there to be actually calling your name, but there is not a single soul outside in the neighborhood to be saying anything. And if you've had any exposure to uh, religion at that age, then, you know, sometimes you can think, oh my gosh, is it a demon or the devil? Or... What the heck is going on here? Who said my name? Was it a ghost? And no, of course, it was none of those things. It's a, it's a very common thing for everybody when they're young. I mean, I'm sure that maybe not every single person remembers it happening when they were young. But again, it's a very common phenomenon uh, that people will hear their name called uh, when it actually wasn't. But that was just the beginning of uh, my perceived paranormal experiences. Toward the tail end of high school and when I was an undergrad, I was pretty big into the Christianity thing. And um, there were two or three times when I was convinced that I I felt the the presence of Satan in the room. And, uh, you know, I'd do that thing where you rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. And I know that probably sounds super weird to anybody who hasn't felt like they've had that experience where you feel like there is just pure evil in the room even though nobody else is surrounding you. Now, years later after the fact, do I really think that that was happening? No, of course I don't. I chalk it up to being someone who's had anxiety for most, if not all, of my life. And of course, if you're somebody who has anxiety, you understand that there are times when it's just going to come out of nowhere, uh, not be caused by anything in particular, but that'll they'll heighten your uh uh, nerve endings, uh, your perception, your stress, and all, all kind of combined to, to feel like there's a, there's a weight uh, on top of you. Which reminds me, sleep paralysis. Since I mentioned, you know, feeling a weight on top of you, some people, when they have sleep paralysis, they envision, like, a 
succubus sitting or a witch sitting on top of their chest suffocating them others they um i believe this is where some of the uh, ufo abduction stories come from is when they have sleep paralysis they see aliens they see the light going into the spaceship and whatnot um and, and other people like me instead have instead of a succubus visions of demons or the devil himself uh, coming at you bro along with this terrifying feeling of you know you're not able to move a single limb or toe or finger or anything so you're lying there helpless you're basically asleep but not asleep at the same time your body's asleep but your mind is woken up and it's not processing uh, sensory input correctly so it interprets any light, any shadows, any sounds, anything in just about the worst way possible that you could imagine. And it really is terrifying. But once I learned uh, what the sleep paralysis thing is all about, um, you know, that was a number of years ago. I, I think well after the internet became a super uh, useful tool where every piece of information available is out there for you to find you know you start learning oh that's a that's a common thing that occurs so again that's not a real supernatural event it was just a natural phenomenon that if you don't know what's going on you can interpret it in you know a supernatural or a paranormal way now if we're going to get into things that i really can't explain away as things that i know for a fact to be natural phenomenon even though I don't believe in ghosts, have there been times when I swear out of the corner of my eye I saw something moving from one room to the next and it looks like it's in the shape of a human? Yeah, I've had that happen a number of times uh, in an apartment or when I was alone working at a buffet at undergrad. You know, a couple of those times I chalked up to a trick of the light on the edge of my uh, glasses, the lenses on my glasses, but other times I haven't really been able to explain, nor do I care to uh, think very hard about whether there actually would be something supernatural going on, because that freaks me out, the, the idea that I don't, I don't really believe that uh, if there are any ghosts out there, uh, that they're truly going to be harmless. My feeling is that if there's a dead human who's able to manifest themselves to you from beyond the grave in a way that you can see they're probably going to be able to interact with you in some way and that is batshit terrifying and that is not something that I want to have to deal with so I'm going to stand my ground and continue to say that ghosts aren't real and that they're explainable by natural phenomenon now, that being said, again, I've had those experiences where I see something out of the corner of my eye and I can't explain it. There was also one time when I woke up dead sleep. I was lying on my back and there's this orb of light just hovering right above my face for at least a few seconds. It felt like an eternity. And in addition to this orb of light, it felt like there was an actual presence attached to it. I actually felt like it was... Uh, not evil this time, actually, believe it or not. I actually felt like this was an angelic presence, but at the same time, it was terrifying. And you know, the Old Testament concept of both God and angels is that their presence 
can be terrifying, particularly uh, in the case of God. And I actually did have a dream one time where I walked out into the street next to my parents' house uh, where I was living as a teenager. And I looked up in the sky and I saw the face of God. And man, it felt real, real, real. Like if God actually had a face that you could view, I felt like that's what I was viewing. And it freaked me out for quite a while afterwards. While I was in the dream, it was sheer terror. Not in the same way as you would be terrified of something evil, uh, but in the, in the same way that it was said that, you know, Moses was, uh, you know, saw the face of God and he experienced this dread like he's peering into your soul. Well, that happened to me in this dream. And it's been a number of years, so that, that feeling has worn away. But I'll, I'll never forget that. He had a, a very brassy, fiery, uh, almost molten metal face. But, uh, so you don't think I'm too crazy. We'll get off the topic of that sort of paranormal. I'll talk a little bit about uh, UFOs here quickly. Have I seen an unidentified flying object? Yes, I have. Uh, out in the Arizona desert, I was looking up in the sky one night while I was waiting for my grandparents to get out of a store. This was when I was around 19 or 20 or something like that. But I was looking up in the Arizona sky. It was a beautiful, clear night, and there were bright, shiny stars out. But I was looking way up high, and I see these lights that are moving around. And Of course, I've sat out in the stars at night before uh, all night on the top of a hill. Uh, watching satellites go by. This definitely wasn't satellites. Satellites will go by uh, relatively slowly. And if you've got to be watching, staring at the sky for a good amount of time uh, in order for you to notice these satellites moving by. But these were very, very fast-moving aircraft. Uh, it was either three or four of them. And they were moving faster than anything I've ever seen before. You know, I'm I'm a guy who's big into... Military jets like the F-14, F-18, F-16, you know, F-117 stealth fighters, all of that stuff, MiGs, um, you know, I know how fast those supersonic aircraft can go, and this was way faster than I could even conceive of uh, any physical object moving. And it's sort of weird because they'd be hovering in one spot for a while, and then all of a sudden they'd dart to a different spot, and then they'd hover for a while, dart to another spot again, and eventually they just shot off somewhere and disappeared. Um, do I think those were aliens? No. Again, I'm big into military aircraft. My assumption for most UFOs that aren't able to be chalked up as either a hoax or like a, you know, a trick of the light or a regular 747 landing at night and it's you know, sort of moving slowly, and those lights around the exterior will kind of uh, uh, resemble, you know, a flying saucer. I, I actually saw that happening one time. It was clear that this was actually a 747, actual, after my initial impression of it. But other than tricks of light like that, it's my opinion that 99%, if not 100% of the remaining UFO sightings are going to be secret military technology, whether it's coming out of Area 54 in the Nevada desert. You know, I, again, this was in the Scottsdale, Phoenix area where I saw those 
aircraft, so it's completely conceivable that they either came from a nearby Arizona Air Force Base or from Area 54 itself, and it's some uh, military technology that's uh, you know offing in the future that we're going to see eventually. But like I said, I'm 99% sure this sort of stuff is going to be military technology. I won't discount completely the notion that uh, if our military had gotten their hands on some alien aircraft that they would uh, be able to sort of reverse engineer that and uh, try to get some of that technology for themselves. I know that's some very sci-fi stuff. I do think that with the amount of galaxies and stars and planets in the entire universe, there probably is intelligent life elsewhere. I think it's highly unlikely that they would have visited us. I think it's nearly impossible, if not straight up impossible, to uh, travel between stars uh, with any sort of organic uh, biological life form uh, being able to survive that trip. But I won't discount the notion completely. I always want to leave room for the infinite realm of possibilities that are out there. Well, assuming that is that we don't already have direct evidence telling us exactly what's going on in the first place. So, I've been yammering on for almost a half hour now. I know it's gotten a little bit weird towards the end of this podcast. Perhaps I should have spaced it out and put different paranormal stories in each podcast. If I think of some more, maybe I'll drop one or two here or there. If you've had your own paranormal experiences, oh man, I'd love to hear about those sometime. You know, it's some of the mysteries in life that can be the most entertaining. So if you do have one of those experiences you'd like to share, hit me up at Robot Dinner Pod on Twitter or robotdinnerparty at gmail.com. Also, if you've got questions for me, I'd love to hear any questions anybody has. I'd, uh, to the extent possible, like to answer them. Send them along. Again, that's on Twitter, at robotdinnerpod, and by email, robotdinnerparty at gmail.com. That's all I've got for this week. I hope you had a great time. I hope you come back and listen again. Hope everybody has a great Easter or a great Passover or whatever you do or do not celebrate. I wish everybody a great week and beyond. For the Robot Dinner Party, this is Ben saying, Go Tigers and Go Cubs. Go get them, Tiger. Rawr. We're all behind our baseball team. Go get them, Tiger. World Series bound and picking up steam. Go get them, Tiger. There'll be joy in Tiger Town. We'll sing you songs when the Bengals bring the pennant home. Where